This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast. And good morning, Jamie Zaman. Good morning, Lisa Miller. Good morning. morning. We're extremely fortunate this morning. We have Jamie Zaman. She is the founder and president of Titan 100 and is a Titan CEO. And we have Lisa Miller. She is president and COO of Spearhead Advisors. And uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Greatly appreciate being here. Absolutely. Love the picture in the background for the folks that are listening, not watching. It's the mountains with a herd of horses in what looks like a lupin meadow. It is Granby, Colorado at a dude ranch. Ah, well, with that being said, if you would, Lisa, tell us a little bit about your business and who you serve. Absolutely. At Spearhead Advisors, we are a master agent. What that means is in the industry, if you are an enterprise customer and you need communication services, we are working for you. We provide about 100 different vendors that we can supply services for an enterprise. And coming from a former carrier myself, the benefit that we have is we can provide you services and capabilities from many, many different options versus one single provider. So that's really the value proposition. CIOs today, staffs are smaller and getting smaller by the day. Technology teams are getting smaller. And so what we are is an extension of your organization to provide services and capabilities from a consulting standpoint. I failed to mention in the introduction, you were recently a president with CenturyLink, where you had a large 2,400 or so folks in your organization. So you, Yes, just a small team. Just a small team. <laughs> you know, and, and for the business owner or in the CIO that's out there, what are the typical problems that you, are, you, know, that you can bring as a solution from your company to them? Well, many times what a CIO sees is they have to go out and meet with many different suppliers to determine who is best in breed or who is best in class in the industry. We can do that for them. So as they're trying to look, for example, security, top of mind for everyone. There are so many bad things going on on the dark web. There are so many hackers out there trying to break into your data because Data is power today. And so CIOs are constantly having to control the perimeter, having to worry about who can break into their company and take their data that they count on to run their business. And so security is a big feature that we can help with and we can bring best in breed solutions to many of the enterprise customers. I love it. And I also love your experience on both sides of the coin which is very unique unto itself. So that's fantastic. So Lisa Miller is obviously one of our 2020 Titan 100 honorees. We recognized her, and this is a copy of the book that she was recognized in. The Titan 100 recognizes Colorado's top 100 CEOs and C-level executives, 100 Titans of industry. And so one of the questions that I always love to ask all of the Titans that we interview in our podcast series is what characteristics do you believe that it takes to be considered a Titan of industry? I think to be a Titan in any industry, you have to constantly be looking at all of the challenges in front of you and being able to say, how can I attack that? And how do I think different? You know, there's the book. What got us here won't get us there. 
that statement is so true today in the fact that our industry is changing so rapidly. Think of COVID. COVID itself has even been something that as corporate America, we have had to go, holy moly, we now have to rethink how we go to market. We have to rethink how we lead. We have to rethink every aspect of how we do business with our customer base, especially if you were a small business where people walked in your door every day and that's not easy to do anymore. So to be a great leader, you have to be nimble. You have to be flexible. You have to constantly be questioning, am I doing the right thing? Am I facing the market the right way? Am I appealing to my customers? Where is my competition? So I think that flexibility and constantly being creative and thinking of different ways to look at every business and every aspect of your business is critical. Found words. I love it. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking of the, I'm I'm in the role of the listener. I'm going, how do you acquire a skill stack that allows you to adopt that view and mindset? What was really influential for you to, to get to where you are? Well, I will tell you one thing that really helped me. I had been with CenturyLink and Level 3 through acquisition for 18 and a half years. Prior to that, I was with Sprint for 10. The telecommunications industry was constantly trying to reinvent themselves. And during my 18 and a half years with CenturyLink, we went through 18 integrations. And every integration was larger than the prior. So when you think of one brand, that brand may have 18 different integrations inside it, but every company that was integrated also had 10 to 20 to 30 different companies inside that brand. And so when you think of bringing that together, what that skill set taught me over the almost 20 years was that I had to quickly assess people. I had to quickly assess a team. I had to quickly assess a situation because what you're looking at as an executive is being able to say, how do I put two companies together or many companies together and make certain that one plus one equals greater than two? You never one plus one to equal less than two. And many integrations um, in America today, they never get the full value or potential out of the two companies that they've brought together. Many times that's culture. It may not always be that the company is capable of more and getting more return and value for the industry, but many times people forget the people or they forget the culture. So it's really important to be able to look at how every action that you take, how it impacts the people. It's kind of like throwing that pebble into the lake, right? Um, You see the ripples that go out. That is one lesson that I learned is every time you throw that stone, every time you throw that pebble, is it going to have a big ripple? Is it going to have a little ripple? And have you thought about how to manage through all of those ripples? Because most of the time when you go through an integration, speed is, can sometimes be your enemy because you never get a chance to look and manage every detail. But what you have to be thinking of is, 
did I just throw a pebble or did I just throw a big rock? Because what is the ripple effect going to be? And if you don't plan for those ripples, maybe those ripples never come, but you have to plan for if they do. And so going through most of my career where you are having to look at integrating another company or integrating many companies, I will say one of my worst career years We tried to integrate nine companies in 12 months. Mentally, I thought I might lose my mind that year. But the valuable lessons that it taught was where did we get it right and where did we get it wrong? Most of the time when we got it wrong, it was always the people aspect. We went too fast. People couldn't accept the change. We didn't think of the impact to their family, their job. We didn't think of how culture was going to play into that, how you take maybe one mentality and then a really progressive mentality and you put them together. That maybe might not be the winning combination. So that career experience has really, really helped me, especially now going from a very large corporation to an entrepreneurial company. I am always thinking of the people And now I'm at the size that I can really influence and impact every decision. Wow. That's a lot to (laughs) absorb. (laughs) I just think you you asked it. it. Yes, of course. But 18 years in the industry, my goodness, you know, the theme that I've that's resonating with me is that you are extremely comfortable with change, right? And the capacity for change. You know, you mentioned all of these different integrations. And so that's a really profound thing that a lot of people really don't take comfortably. And so segueing into the next question here, you know, corporate America, right, where you have unlimited resources as you're going through these integrations, right, to now launching a new company, being that entrepreneurial inside of you. Again, experiencing more change, going through change, because you welcome it, Lisa. What has that been like? Tell us about that transition. Well, it has been so fun, but sometimes so nerve-wracking. And to your point, when you are in corporate America, in corporate America, many times you really think you never have enough resources until you go to the entrepreneur and start over. (laughs) And then you realize even on a bad day, I had more resources than I knew what to do with. And so it has given tremendous perspective. As I was looking to start my next career path, there were a couple things that I really wanted to look at. I have always really cared about my employees. And many times in corporate America, that's really hard. And it's a hard decision because you're always having to balance profitability of a company, making certain that you're very cost effective, making certain that you can get a return on the investment for your shareholders. Is your EBITDA numbers growing at the rate you need it to? And sometimes really caring about employees, that's a hard combination because you're constantly having to make certain that you can hit those shareholder objectives. So as I started to look at my next career, I started to realize what is it that I love? What is it that is my passion? And as I continued to go through in corporate America, climbing the ladder, 
what happened is you start getting more and more and more employees, more departments, more divisions. And when I go back to the fundamentals and I say, what do I really love? I love being in front of a customer. I love being able to help an employee solve a challenging problem, stretch them to grow, because I always can see in an employee what they're capable of, and many times they can't. So I love that interaction. I love mentoring. I love being able to say, yes, you can do it. And guess what? We have a big hill to climb, and we're all going to do it together. And so having that interaction is phenomenal, and I love that. And so when I started to look in the industry, I started to realize, do I want to get back into that really big company again? Yes. Would I have resources? Would I have support? Would it be very comfortable? Would it be very easy and familiar? Absolutely. But when I realized what I love and what I've always been passionate about has been investing in the people, being in front of a customer, understanding what are the problems that a customer has to face every day. And in enterprises today, the challenges are huge. You go back 10 years, did we have a chief security officer? Did we have to have socks and knocks and all these things that are commonplace in large enterprises today? You didn't have a lot of it. Yes, you may have had a network operations center, but did you have a security operations center? No, you didn't. Now that's becoming almost standard place. And so I want to be close to those customers. I want to be able to be out there and I want to know every one of my employees. And I want to be able to understand my customers intimately as well. And so that's what really started to lead me to look at more of a smaller company. And so at Spearhead Advisors, we probably, even a year from now, will only have about 45 to 60 employees. And you know what? That is super exciting to me. Coming from 2,400 employees where it's hard. Yes, you have to embrace change because change is constant. It happens every day. But with that change, sometimes change is slow because the company is so large. And so it's like turning the Titanic. So while the industry is changing all around you, sometimes your company is changing too slow and you can't adapt to a trend as fast as you need to. You're trying to bring people along faster than they can absorb it. And so in a smaller company, you can be nimble. You can be quick. When you have a smaller team, communication is daily, hourly, every minute by minute. And so that is exciting to me that now at Spearhead Advisors, I can go out, spend time with customers, with my teams to totally understand how we solve their business problems and also how we help them adapt to the change. And after coming from corporate America and knowing how much change over the years we've gone through, I know what shareholders are looking for. But I also know what employees are looking for, and I know what executives at companies need to accomplish and the problems that they want to solve. So yes, that change is constant, but going to a smaller company, I can be more nimble and quick and adapt faster, which I think is going to be important to respond to our customers' needs quicker. Yeah, your perspective is quite refreshing, for sure. You know, I was thinking as you were going through the... um the pebble in the pond, I'm thinking, you're pretty good at surfing. 
So you don't know if you've got a big <laughs> wave or got a small wave from the pebble. But, you know, I, I was, as you were talking about your skill stack, and I was intrigued about some of your commentary about how you grew up, the environment that you grew up in, and how that sort of set the stage for your approach and how you're trying to transmit that to your daughters and to your grandkids. I'd be interested, you know, for the parents out there going like, how do I take and set an environment up for, you know, the next Lisa to be able to (laughs) prosper in that environment? What was that environment? Well, one of the things I've always said to my team, and I really feel I learned it from my parents, was work hard, play hard. My parents, I grew up in small town, Iowa, 1,700 people. So to think that I had more employees than the town I grew up in is pretty crazy. And so my dad was an auctioneer. My uh, parents owned furniture business, restaurant business. So during um, my childhood, my parents always were a small business. They were that entrepreneurial spirit. They were always trying to employ customer um, a good customer experience. And so what I learned at a really young age is if you work hard, good things will come from that. But the other thing that I learned, I was the youngest of five children, and I learned that life is not fair. And I have always told my children when they go, oh, mom, that isn't fair. Well, life's not fair. The sooner you learn that, the better off you will be. If you look at my career climb, There are very few women at uh, the president level at a lot of these carriers. There's more now than there used to be. But I've had to climb, have sharp elbows, work my way through everything I've done and work really hard. And so my parents took a lot of pride in their business. They wanted to make certain that every time they worked with one family or one customer that that customer would come back and buy from them because they did everything right. So one of the things I've always taught my kids is that you're not always going to choose the easiest path, but make certain that everything you do, you're ethical, you do it with pride, you make certain you take care of people along the way, you do your best. You know, my kids used to tell me sometimes, mom, you're a really hard driver. And I'm like, all I ask for is your best. Sometimes they say, well, I don't want to do my best. And I said, well, you have to live with whatever you do. All I'm going to ask for is your best. And as long as you gave it a good try, then you did your best. And so raising four daughters, I've always taught them to have a voice. My dad used to say, we all put on our pants one leg at a time. Everybody in the country, male, female, child, adult, whatever, we all start out the day the same. And so that gave me a lot of comfort in knowing that I felt I was equal to my peers from the time I was a very young age. And so I've always taught that to my daughters as well, that their voice matters and that they can make an impact and a difference. So I feel that one of the things that people have always said is, you know, you're a tough leader, but you're a fair leader. And I said, well, if I'm fair, that's something I was taught to always be fair. And that's something I've always taught my children. So thanks for the compliment. I love that. And that's a really sound advice for a mom of young children at this point. So because I'm trying to navigate figuring out how to raise them to be the best human beings possible. 
Well, I will say, Jamie, as we all know, it is never, ever easy. Having four daughters, my victory was when my fourth daughter graduated from college because I didn't know if she'd graduate high school, let alone college. <laughs> and so, she, you know, we always have our one that loves to challenge us more than the others. And so, but yeah, we aren't perfect at being parents. We aren't perfect at being leaders. But as long as we never give up, we'll get them through it. I love it. You know, I, it, what strikes me is intention. You know, you go, we're intentional. You know, intend on doing a good job. Intend on keeping integrity intact. Intending on leading from the front. Set the example. Do the right thing. And, you know, it sounds simple. Not easy, but simple. So an ongoing thing, and, you know, Jamie, we run across this on many of the discussions with, with the Titans. You know, they all have very core principles, it seems. And their skill stacks, no one's issued with a skill stack. And you get your skills as you go. So with that being said, if somebody's looking for you, Lisa, and your company, how do they find you? They can find me at lisa at spearheadadvisors.io. That is my email. Our website is spearheadadvisors.io. And we would look forward to working with any enterprise customer and helping them solve their business needs. And I'm committed to do that. Perfect. And Jamie, you know, with the Titan 100 book recently hitting the press, mm -hmm. how do people find the Titan 100 book? Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about the Titan 100, you would go to www.titan100.biz. There's a full list of all of the Titan 100. You can view their individual profiles to be inspired and read more about their stories. You can also visit the page on that website, which has a digital link to the digital version of this Titan 100 book, which Lisa is in, and many of the other Titans here in Colorado. Additionally, someone could learn more about Titan CEO by visiting titanceo.com to learn more about the CEOs that we work with. But yeah, it's really an incredible list of Colorado's top 100 CEOs and C-level executives. Their stories are amazing, just like the details you heard more from Lisa today as she told us her story. And Bob, if you don't mind, I'd love to put in a Titan 100 plug because I have been recognized by a lot of organizations over the years, but I have never been a part of an organization that wants to continue to educate us, share among leaders for a solid year. I mean, Jamie has created something really unique here in the fact that I know that for the next 12 months after being a Titan CEO nominee, that I can work with all of people and go to sessions and share ideas for that period of time is unheard of. And so I remember asking, we have another event? We have what? So it's really refreshing. It's really needed in our industry to be able to share and learn from one another. And so I really think Jamie has created something really unique here. Thank you so much, Lisa. Your kind words really mean a lot to me, for sure. Absolutely. As you talk about you know, everybody gets in there. What is it? The common word right now is their silo, right? And I think about the cross-pollination of all of this intellectual capital that everybody's earned through the years. And then you go, how do you pass it on? How do you share it? And if there's a particular area, you go like, 
I don't really know about this particular area. go, yeah, but there's three other people in our group that know this in depth. Let me reach out to Jamie and find out. And I think that effort of collaboration, you know, the wisdom of the crowd mantra that we've heard so much about, you know, it's truly a gift that we get to preserve some of your intellectual property here on the podcast and do appreciate you taking the time out of your morning to share your wisdom with us. Thanks. That's powerful, Bob. It really is. And Jamie, thank you again. Always love doing these co-hosted podcasts. Love the perspective. It's my pleasure, Bob. You're awesome. All right, guys. (laughs) Well, we'll call it good. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Jamie. Thank Thank you. Thank you.